Hey there again to you. This is Pastor Mark of the Words of Life Show. And on this week's show, we're going to talk about reality versus expectation. Reality being defined as the world or the state of things as they actually exist. Whereas expectation is the strong belief that something that hasn't occurred yet, it will happen without delay. There's no doubt about it. We're going to talk about what those two mean to you and to I, because there is a spiritual connotation, as always, and we're going to get right to it, right here on the Words of Life show. We thank you for joining our Words of Life broadcast, where our mission is persuading the lost, perfecting each believer, and equipping all for service with practical application from God's Word. We now join Pastor Mark for this week's Words of Life. Hey there again to you. This is Pastor Mark, and we're so grateful that you have tuned in to this week's episode of the Words of Life show because we do understand that you could have been doing anything else. You could have been anywhere else, but we thank God that you've allowed the Holy Spirit to direct you this particular time for a word through this ministry. We never take that for granted, whether it's the video episode or the podcast episode. It can even be the music video edition, one of our songs, we're just grateful for you. With that being said, we're going right to the Word of God. And I'm going to ask that you turn in your Bible to the book of Luke. I believe we're going to start at chapter 24, uh, the first six verses. Uh, you have Matthew, Mark, and then you have that third synoptic gospel, Luke, in the New Testament. Uh, Ad living just a little bit to give you a little bit of time to get there. I think you should be there by now. The third book of the New Testament, again, that third synoptic gospel in order, Matthew, Mark, and then you hit Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. Our reading is as follows. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women came to the tomb, bringing the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And this was after he was killed and buried. While they were, while they were puzzling over this, suddenly two men, angels, in radiant apparel, stood beside them. As the women bowed their faces to the ground in terror, the two angels asked them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers, the readers, but most importantly, those that intend to do his holy word only with his power and assistance. The title of this week's message is entitled Reality Versus Expectation. We have to make a choice. Again, that title, Reality Versus Expectation, we have to make a choice. And, and, and this sermon uh, is a heavy one for me because it's the sermon that I utilized, or should I say I eulogized uh, my dad with. My dad passed recently, and that was pretty tough uh, for myself as well as our family. But the Lord really gave me a word for my heart and for my family and for those that attended uh, my dad's funeral. And that title, Reality Versus Expectation, we've all got to make a choice the connotation is we know what reality is in a sense. It is the world as we see it or the state of things as they actually exist. It is real life. 
It is actuality, whereas expectation is that strong belief that something will happen or that will be the case in the future. Reality contains a finality, while expectation remains vibrant. There's this hope. There's this something good is coming out of it, and it can usually trump reality. Let's go to the Word of God, because King David said it best, when reality hit him as his child died. But David maintained his expectation from the Lord. David said in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 22 and 23, While the child was alive, I fasted, I wept, for I said, Who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me. He may let him live. But now that the child is dead, why should I go on fasting, not eating? crying, so on and so forth. Can I bring him back again? No. I will go to him, but he will, or he cannot return to me. The reality for some of us today is that we've recently, or it may have been, may have been some time that's passed, but you've lost someone that you love dearly. And you might think that that goodbye was final, but for those of us with expectations, we trust in God's plan, even in death. And the realities of life, even death, should never cause us to lose our eternal expectation and hope. Back to our opening text. Because through the tears, through the tragedy of Jesus' death, a few days prior, these women approach his tomb with the reality of his death still fresh in their minds, and we can safely assume that the reality of what occurred at Calvary sadly replaced and it overtook their expectations. Luke 24 and 21 reveals this reality overtaking their expectations because in that verse, the verse conveys, we had hoped, you know, we had hoped. We hope now. Instead of, he's the Messiah, he's the king. Now, we had hope. He was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel, but now he is gone. And so now we have the women approaching the tomb with spices because back then Jews did not practice embalming like we do in this Western culture. And so the funeral spices were a way to help minimize unpleasant odors while controlling the smell of a decomposing body and the grave that's been there for a few days. I want us to think about that for a second. Reality was them approaching Jesus's tomb with spices. They didn't practice embalming. And so they approached with spices because in their minds, reality kicked in and they expected to anoint a dead body instead of expecting to greet a risen savior. That's very powerful and that brings me to my very first point of today's message. Point number one, reality must not negate our expectation of God's eternal promises. Again, reality and death is us sharing the same sorrow and tears as the women that ran to the tomb to see the body of Jesus. Reality is the state of earthly death. Expectation, though, is the hope of God's promises for eternity. No more suffering. No more pain, no more tears, no more doctors, no more medication, none of that. 
And though the reality of death is obvious in our world today, the expectation God has for us is he assures us, he promises us that we can see our saved loved ones again at an appointed time. Here's point number two of the message, reality versus expectation. We've got to make a choice. Point number two is, though gone, some of our loved ones, they're gone. They've passed. Though they're gone, some are alive and well. But while we're still here, are you spiritually dead? The remains that you view at a funeral in a casket, that is not the real person. It was just a temporary earth suit that the Lord placed them in to exist here on planet Earth. Ecclesiastes 12 and 7 warns us, the dust will return to the dust as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. All of us exist only by the grace of God's breath and his hand upon us, and once his purposes for us have been achieved, we will depart this temporary place to give an accounting for if we look to Christ Jesus to cover our sinful lives while working out God's purpose for the lives he has loaned us. Hebrews 9, 27 and 28, just as man is appointed to die once and after that to face judgment, so also Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many and he will appear a second time not to bear sin but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. There's that expectation again. Reality must never overtake our expectation of seeing Jesus, salvation, and then those that went on before us that were saved. That's an expectation to hold on to. All of us are in line for appointed departure times. Whether you believe what I'm saying or not, you are leaving this planet. It has been predetermined. God set our departures before we entered the birth canal. We will not be late. We will not reschedule our departures. Everybody will appear before God. We won't move to the back of the line. We won't be able to duck or hide. We won't be able to be nice, let somebody else go ahead of us. Each one of us have predetermined times set by God before we were born when others will also come running to our caskets. We are on the symbolic conveyor belt moving towards our checkout times. And if you have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, before we get to the point of death, dust, back to the casket, well, guess what? You are alive and well, eternally risen. But if you have not, trouble, horror, and unimaginable suffering await you forever. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your perfect postage to transfer from earth into eternity, facing the Lord, you are in eternal danger. And even if you're not sure or confident in what I just asked, that you've even made this decision yet, my final point is the only reason God has given any preacher or pastor to preach. Point number three, as we deal with our loss, or should I say, as we deal with our loss or our lost loved ones, who are we looking for? The angels, as we go back to the text to conclude this sermon, the angels ask the women within the text, why do you look for the living 
among the dead. He is not here. Just like Jesus was not in the tomb, that eternal loved one that we paid respects to, that sometimes others will go to cemeteries to, and they will hug the tombstone or talk to who they think is in the ground. That person is not in the casket or the ground. The women approached the tomb looking for a dead Jesus to anoint his body, but at least we got to give him credit. At least they came looking for Jesus. And the moral is, we should not approach the casket. We should not approach the cemetery, the tombstone, whatever it is, looking for our loved ones without looking for Jesus first. We must go through Jesus to get to where our saved loved ones are. And that is the only reason God has led you to watch or listen to today's message, to make an eternal choice. Tomorrow is not promised. Today is the day for salvation for somebody. It doesn't mean that you'll be perfect. It just means that you are properly packaged to live safely in God's presence forever. The truth is, salvation is not as hard as some would like for us to believe or as some make it. Here is your roadmap to God's loving presence eternally, along with a reunion with your saved loved ones. Romans 10, 9 and 10 states, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Those are the ABCs of eternal security. A, acknowledge, admit, and accept, Lord, I'm a lost sinner. On any given day, I'll do, say, or go. I need your help. I admit that. B, I believe that you died, Jesus, on the cross to make me right eternally with God. And C, I will go forth from this point, confessing with my mouth that I give my life and my heart to you. If you have prayed that prayer, you have crossed from reality into this great expectation that we all hold on to. And as we close this week's sermon, uh, this week's song of the week is also pretty special to me because my heart's been burdened since the passing of my dad. I miss him terribly, but I keep that expectation. But this particular song, the song of the week that we close with is my ode to my dad. As if I'm talking to him because I know he can hear me, I have the expectation of seeing him again. Thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoy the song. It's called Miss You, Dad. You can take Dad out and substitute Aunt, Mom, whoever your loved one is, and I expect to see you again. Shoot me an email. Let me know how you feel about the song. But until next sermon, this is Pastor Mark. I'll see you again. God bless you. We love you. Bye-bye. is my
Wish we had. 